Hey, thanks so much for listening to Sandals Church. Our vision as a church is to be real with ourselves, God, and others. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey guys, Merry Christmas, man. I'm glad that you are joining us today. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Tammy and I were doing some Christmas shopping. Guys, I don't know why we call it Christmas shopping. It's Christmas sitting for me. I just sit there while she shops and try not to lose my mind. But one of my favorite things that I love to do is when we're in the car on the way home from the mall, I like to listen to Christmas music. And and uh, man, that's so, what's so cool about technology, right? You can just stream through like all kinds of decades of songs and, and, and the songs that Tammy likes from her childhood, the songs that I like from my childhood. But one of my favorite, favorite songs is the 1942 version of Bing Crosby's A White White Christmas. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. If I could sing, I would sing it, but I can't, and I don't want to ruin your Christmas day. But man, it's just such an incredible, incredible song about dreaming of what Christmas could be. But a lot of you have never thought about what was going on in 1942 when that song was released. You see, both my grandpas who are in heaven now, love you grandpas, man, they were teenagers then. And they graduated from high school and they were headed off to fight the greatest war in the history of the world. Think about that. Like some of our teenagers stressed out doing the dishes. My grandpas were fighting a war. Hitler was still firmly in power and Japan had just conquered Singapore. We were losing. We were losing on all sides. And it was bleak. And Bing Crosby brought this song. And he says, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. And his, his announcement to the world was, may your Christmas be dreamy and bright, right? But the reality is, was it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. And the truth is, a lot of times, Christmases in the past are a lot better than we, we, we really, you know, they really were. The truth is, there were struggles, but we, we forget those. And we remember the good moments and the great moments. I want you to know that Christmas is always a challenge because reality is always harder than dreams, amen? It just is. And so I want you to know that first Christmas 2,000 years ago, did you know this? It's filled with five dreams, five dreams. I was blown away. You know, each and every year I try to read through the Bible and I finished up a little early this year. And I was telling Tammy, I said, did you ever notice how many dreams Jesus's dad, Joseph, had during Christmas? I'd never noticed this before, but I began to mark them and I began to look at them. And that's when I realized, man, there are five dreams in that Christmas story. And none of them are Mary's. They're mostly Joseph's. And then at the end, I don't want to spoil it. There's another group that has a dream. But here's the thing. Some of you, you're like, my Christmas is not a dream. My Christmas is a struggle just like this year has been a struggle. And I know for so many of you, it's been difficult. But here's what I want to challenge you. This is God's dream for you today. This is God's gift of Merry Christmas to you today. If you're struggling, if you're going through a hard time, if today doesn't look like you imagined or you dreamed, Number one, never forget this. Listen for God's dream for your life in the middle of a nightmare. Man, that's the wonderful things about nightmares is we wake up. And so I want you to know that first Christmas was not a dream for Mary. It was not a dream for Joseph. It was a nightmare. In Matthew's gospel, where all of these dreams are recorded, we begin in Matthew 1, verses 18 through 22. It says, now the birth of Jesus took place in this way, right? Not, not, this isn't the hallmark version. This is the real version. This is how it really happened. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, as she was found, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. 
And her husband Joseph, being a just man, he's a good man, but, and he was unwilling to put her to shame, right? Because this is an embarrassing moment. He resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. So Joseph is knocked out because he's worried, right, that the world's gonna think Mary's knocked up. And he's freaking out. He's losing his mind. And he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't wanna harm her because culturally, she can lose her life. Culturally, he's gonna be shamed for the rest of his life. And he's gonna try to dismiss this and do what we do, kind of sweep it under the rug. And the Holy Spirit sent an angel and the Lord appeared to him in dreams saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You see, he was worried about how this was gonna look like as his sin or Mary's sin. But the Holy Spirit says, no, 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 Joseph. This is about the world's sin. And this child isn't the product of sin. This child has come to take away sin. And in the Bible says it took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. And I just wanted to tell you this, man. If you're having a bad day today, here's my experience. God usually does his best work in the middle of my worst moments. My prayer for you is this Christmas, an angel of God would speak to you and say, don't worry about what is, but listen and look for what God wants to do in your life through this day. This is in Joseph and Mary's worst moment, and yet it's the greatest moment in human history. And I'm always amazed out out of of things that I think, nope, it's over, there's nothing we can do, we're done, it's over. There've been so many times where I thought maybe the church was over, I thought my career was over, and I didn't feel like God heard me. And it's in those moments where it wasn't about God hearing me, it was in those moments that I needed to hear from God. And that's my prayer for you today as you, you just celebrate this beautiful, wonderful day. Number two, this is the second dream. Let God speak to you about what's hurting your relationship with Jesus. So oftentimes, man, we're discouraged with our connection with God. In Matthew chapter two, verses 13 through 15, it says this. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord had appeared to Joseph in a dream. So we have the wise men show up. We have Luke's gospel says there were shepherds that show up. There was this incredible act of worship, these incredible gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, right? This amazing Christmas service. And then all of a sudden, Joseph has this dream. And in the dream, the angel says, rise and take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt. And you will remain there until I tell you. Amen, guys, aren't you glad God said, take Mary too, right? Amen, you gotta take your whole family, Joseph. You just can't just run with Jesus. It says, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Man, there's a whole movement in our world that's trying to destroy your relationship with Jesus trying to destroy our celebration of Jesus at Christmas. And here's the thing, it doesn't matter what they do, that is not nearly as important as what you do. Would you listen to God and say, God, what is it in my life this past year that has destroyed my relationship with Jesus? It says that Joseph rose and took the child and his mother by night and he departed for Egypt. And he remained there until Herod died. And this was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt, I called my son. Let me ask you this question. What is is wrecking your relationship with God? What's what's wrecking your connection with God? You know, so many of us, man, we have these iPhones and we spend all this, this, this time, money, and attention on these phones. And some of you today, you got new ones. 
And that's how we connect with each other. That's how we connect through the world, man. Life is changing. When I was a kid, phones were something that hung on the wall. Now we take them with us everywhere we go. But it's the way that we stay in connection with one another, the way we stay in connection with things. So let me just ask you, how's your signal with God? You all know when you have no signal with each other. You're all aware and you know, you may say horrible things about Verizon or, or whatever, whatever you know, uh, company that you rent from to, to have your cellular service, but when's the last time you checked your signal with God? When's the last time? Man, when's the last time you looked at your life? I know for me in Riverside, when Tammy and I are driving around, I know there are places in this city where I have no signal. I know, and I'll tell people when I'm talking on the phone, hey, I'm heading for a dead spot. And some of you, you've been sitting in a dead spot for a long time, a spot where you can't hear God, you can't feel God, you can't sense God. Maybe it's time that you change locations. Joseph was warned in a dream, you gotta get up, you gotta go. You gotta leave, because if you stay where you are, Joseph, your relationship with Jesus is gonna be wrecked. So what wrecks our relationship with Jesus? I got three things I want you to think about. Number one, our emotions. We are what we feel. That's just reality. Our emotions dictate how we feel about God. So many of you, th- you guys, you think it's a spiritual problem, it's an emotional problem. You need to look at yourself. Your feelings are overriding your faith. And I don't know about you, but my feelings are up and down. And when they're up, God's great. And when they're down, I'm like, where are you, God? And so we have to look at that and say, God, when I'm feeling overly emotional, I need to run to you. I need to run to you, not run from you. I need to run to you because my emotions are getting the best of me. And oftentimes when we're emotional, the first thing we cut off is God and godly people because we run to the friends who tell us what we wanna hear, not to the friends and people who love Jesus enough to tell us what we need to hear. Next, we have addictions. These are just things that that cloud our emotions. These These are things that cloud our minds. These are things that affect our relationships with ourself, with our family, and with God. Some of us have some habits that we need to change. We're gonna be talking uh, in the next couple of weeks as we go into a new series. I'm super excited, I'll tell you about it at the end. But a lot of us think that we need to change some goals as we think about the New Year's that's coming. And here's what I've learned. It's not my goals that need to change, it's my habits. My habits need to change because my habits have a whole lot bigger determining factor over who I am at the end of the year than the goals that I set at the beginning of the year. And some of you have slipped into some bad habits and they're borderline addictions. Some of you, every single day when you wake up, you look at your phone. When's the last time you woke up and you looked at God's word? Maybe the reason you're so stressed is you know about everything going on on earth, but it's been a long time since you heard about anything going on in heaven. And you need to change your addictions, your habits. Next, it's our actions. Some of us actually sin, we we make mistakes. We do things that are wrong. Sin separates us from God. Sin separates us from each other. Some of you have done some things that you need to make right. Christmas is all about grace, grace for you, grace for me. Let today be the day that you just tell somebody, hey man, I'm sorry for what I did, here's what happened. Let today truly be a day where where grace reigns. And you just say, you know what, I've been doing this. This is what's been going on. This is what's happened, this is how I feel. And I wanna get this relationship right, I miss you. Man, some of you didn't celebrate Christmas today with somebody that you love because you've let sin get in the way of that relationship. So change your actions, change the direction of your life today. Here's the third dream. 
The third dream in the Christmas story, and this is all right there in Matthew 2. And some of you, you've heard this story your entire life and you never thought about all these dreams. But God's dream for you today is that you will stop fighting yesterday's enemy. Some of you, I love you, God loves you, but you live in the past. You live completely in the past. And God, God can't bring you into the future until he brings you into the present. Matthew chapter two, verses 19 through 21, it says, behold, when Herod died, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, rise and take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life, they're dead. They're gone. You don't need to be afraid about them. They're not even a shadow anymore. They're gone. And the Bible says, and Joseph rose and took the child and his mother, and he went to the land of Israel. Man, some of you, you're letting yesterday wreck today. And, and you need to stop that. The angel says, Herod's dead. That person that hurt you, that person that harmed you, they're no longer a problem. Let them go. Let it go. Let go of the past so God can bless your present. The Apostle Paul writes these words in Philippians 3.13. He says, brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own. But one thing I do is forgetting what lies behind and I strain forward to that which lies ahead. Isn't it amazing how we don't have to work at remembering bad things? We don't have to work at it, but we do have to work at remembering good things. Let me challenge you this next year, when God blesses you, when God does something good to you, write it down. You don't have to write down the bad things. You just store that for free right in your, right in your nugget, right? Somebody offends you, somebody who hurts you, somebody who says something badly about you. Like you'll, you're never gonna forget that until you choose to. But oftentimes we, we forget the people that are nice. We forget the people that are kind. We forget the people that are loyal. We forget the people that are good. We forget those people. Some of you are running from Herod and he's been dead for a long time. It's time for you to come back. Some of you need to come back to church. You're watching online and you haven't been at church since this whole pandemic started. Man, I pray that an angel of the Lord visits you tonight and he says, you know what? It's time for you to head back to God's house. That's what Israel is. Stop running, stop hiding. Come back, it's safe. It's safe. I'm gonna pray that God speaks that to you because some of us, we've been living in fear for way too long and we've let yesterday's enemy ruin today. Don't let that happen. Don't let that happen. Number four, this is the fourth dream that Joseph has. Think about this. In, in, in just a, uh, you know, two chapters, we get all these dreams. God's dream for you is for you to settle down and serve God wherever he has you. One of the things I think that wrecks holidays, man, you know, maybe if you're, you're a college student, you know, you, you see your aunt and uncle and maybe you didn't see him last year, the first thing I'm gonna ask you is what's your major, what, what are you doing? And maybe, you know, because of COVID, you, you had to drop out or you had to take some time off. Maybe, you know, some relationships didn't work. Maybe, you know, somebody that you were dating and you were hopeful last year, it didn't work out and you're single this year. Here's what I would say to you. This is huge. God is just in the business of not blessing where we're gonna be. He's in the business of blessing us where we are. And if you want God to bless your life, you have to invite him into the life that is. And just tell people, look, I'm single, or that didn't work out, or I've had to take some time off, or this or that has happened. One of the dreams that Joseph is told is to settle in a place called Nazareth. Listen to this in Matthew 2, 22 through 23. But when he heard that Archelaus 
was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. So he's afraid. Being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth. So that was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled that he would be called a Nazarene. Man, let me just tell you something. Nobody wanted to come from Nazareth. Nobody wanted to be born in Nazareth. Nobody wanted to live in Nazareth. Matter of fact, there are scholars today, they're not even sure there was a Nazareth. It was so small, so lame, so tiny. And some of you just believe this. Man, God could do something really cool in my life if I lived in LA, if I lived in New York, if I moved to another state, if I moved to another place. Let me tell you something. It's not you that needs to move somewhere else. It's God that needs to move and be active in your life. That's what needs to happen. God sends Jesus to the worst, lamest, most boring city on earth to raise him, to protect him. And Joseph settles there. Nazareth is so lame. Nazareth is so bad that when Jesus is collecting disciples, somebody say, come and see Jesus of Nazareth. And this is what they say. Nathaniel said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? <laughs> it, is, it is terrible. It's worse than your neighborhood. It's worse than my neighborhood. And yet, that's the exact place that God had Jesus raised. Isn't that incredible? Some of you are like, well, I don't understand why I was raised this way, born this way, had to live here, had to live there. Maybe that location was instrumental in you becoming who God's calling you to be. Here's what Philip said to Nathaniel. Don't judge Jesus by the town he's from. Just come and see. Just come and see. Some of you are discouraged you don't live where you, li where you want, you don't do the job you want, you don't go to the school you want, and you're so certain that if you could just change your location or your relationships, you're gonna change your level of influence. Here's the thing I want you to know. Your impact in life has nothing to do with the amount of followers you have on social media. Okay, it has to do with who you're following. It has nothing to do with the amount of money in your bank account. Or, or how cool of a place that you live or how cool what you do, you know, is. It just, it just isn't. Your impact, my impact, is in direct proportion to the amount of obedience that we surrender to God's dream for our life. Here's the Christmas gift I wanna leave with you. Bing Crosby writes about dream, dreaming of a white Christmas. What if God doesn't wanna give you a white Christmas, but he wants to give you the right Christmas? He wants to bless you with his dream for your life. And some of you are like, well, pastor, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not raising Jesus. I, I'm not important like, like Jesus and Mary and these people in the Bible. I, I don't matter. I, I just go to church. I just worship. I'm just not as essential to God's plan as these other people. And that brings us to the last dream. It's not Joseph's. It's just a group of wise men who came to worship. They just came to church on that first Christmas to drop off an offering. That's the only reason they're there. And yet, when they left, they too were warned in a dream not to return to Herod. And they departed to their own country by another way. You see, God loved them. God cared about them. And listen to these words. He warned them to go another way. That's the final dream of Christmas that God has for your life. Some of you are on the wrong road. You're headed to the wrong location. And God wants to warn you this Christmas that what you're headed for is not the dream that you think it is. It's a nightmare. And God wants to save you, here's what you need to know, from yourself. That's why his name is Jesus, for he will save them from their sins. One of the things that God's trying to save you from is yourself. And so many of us, 
We have a hard time trusting God's word. We have a hard time trusting God's thoughts. Man, we need to learn to not trust our own word and not always trust our own thoughts because God's word is always true and his thoughts are always good. Listen, I hope that today will be a Merry Christmas for you. I love you, love your family, I'm praying for you. But just know, throughout your day, no matter what you do, where you go, where you're headed, I pray that God speaks to you. Maybe not through an angel, maybe through an angel. I'd love to hear about it. But I pray that God speaks to you and he redirects your life this Christmas. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, in the powerful, mighty name of Jesus, we ask that you would speak to us, God, that we would hear from you. Lord, in any way that you can, God, speak to us, redirect our lives, and help us, God, to get today right so that we're ready for tomorrow. God, just like Joseph, Lord, help us to make the best decision we can with the situation we're in. God, some of us didn't ask for the life we have, God, but it's the life we have, and we need to honor you in it. God, bless us with a Merry Christmas today and help us to give this day to you. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Thank you for coming to this imperfect earth to save us as imperfect people. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.